Good afternoon and welcome to uh, this, this little series uh, on the God of Wells and the God of Laughter from the Lost Glory teaching here at Folly's End. Last week we left our hero Isaac in Genesis 26 uh, where he was uh, uh, digging out and repairing his father's wells. You know, God's people have, have had an experience of being unclogged by the Holy Spirit during a time of outpourings. Living water has been flowing down from the throne into the dried up areas of our souls, cleansing us, restoring us, enhancing our relationship with the Lord and restoring us to the joy of our salvation. My constant prayer is that God would continue to fill me with the Holy Spirit. We've been learning how to receive simply from him. And love is what God is giving to us, and love is what God is asking from us. We need to be able to receive from him in order to walk in God's love and give it away. You know, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. As we allow God to love us to life, fears and insecurities we've carried for years are challenged and as we are freed from them we can dwell more in him and he in us for perfect love as the bible tells us casts out fear and fear of intimacy is one of the things that we're being asked to really deal with and face control is another for we only want to control what we cannot trust god for my friend and pastor john arnott wisely has said that love is where we are going. It's the destination on the front of the bus. It's the bottom line. God does not ask us to try harder to love or be more loving to each other. He's simply asking us to receive his love. And on this journey, on our walk with God, the scenery must change. We need faith to walk somewhere, and as Isaac and Abraham had set off, not knowing where it would take them, this is a faith walk. And as Paul puts it in Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19, the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured into our inner man is that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith so that we become rooted and grounded in love. That helps us to understand with all the saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. As the Holy Spirit changes us, we begin to take possession of the fourth dimension, the unseen realm of the Spirit. We are asked that we pray in this manner so that we can come to know the love of Christ, which is beyond all knowledge or learning. We can know without understanding. If we insist on waiting for understanding, we may never know. The knowing comes first, and the understanding follows. For faith brings revelation. And as we walk in the revelation, we start to understand. So faith comes before revelation, and re any revelation comes before knowledge. The ultimate goal for us is to be filled with the fullness of Christ. And to be filled, we need to receive. The cry is more, Lord. But then, of course, here come the problems. It's not all 
plain sailing. As the people drunk the water, then contentions arose. The ones who lived in the dry place contended with the people of laughter. They contended that the wells, the things of God, belonged to us. We were here first. So we need to move on to study the whole contention and strife issue. Contention and strife, Essek and Sitnar, argue and fight, which is what these next two wells were called in Genesis 26, Isaac had already cleared out all his father's wells that the Philistines had filled with earth. But Abimelech, the local king, had rejected Isaac because he said, you're more powerful than we are, go away. So they'd forced him to leave his father's wells. Verse 19, Isaac's men went and dug in a new place, and this time they hit a good one. It was a well of springing water, life-giving water, springing up into eternal life. But then in verse 20, the local herdsmen contended with Isaac, saying, The water is ours, thereby denying him the right to dig, and also to the water he'd already dug. When new churches or ministries come into our neighbourhood, will we welcome them, or will we feel threatened by them? You know, if God planted us here, he will bless us. Should we be concerned that they will take away God's blessing from us? You know, they cannot. And if they get into unrighteous behaviour, God has to deal with them. So Isaac called the well Essek, which meant contention, because there was a quarrel over it. Well, Isaac moved and he dug another well somewhere else, but they fought over that one as well. And so he called it Sitnar, which means fight. You know, there's a spirit of accusation that comes against people who dig wells. Coming against both individuals and the church, often from people um, who are drier than you. This accusing spirit tries to stem the flow of life designed by God to be a cleansing agent and a preparation for the church to become both his bride and his army. There are two ministries, one of accusation and another one of affirmation. We should always be trying to encourage one another. A little word about jealousy here. Some folk can get very jealous of, of, of successful things, especially when they feel insecure about God's own provision for themselves, almost as if there's so much to go around, and if somebody else gets it, there won't be any left over. People tend to want to be successful in order to be seen to do well, which makes them seem of more worth. This promotes competition. Sometimes, uh, when there's a move of the Spirit, and there is an impartation of giftings and anointings that causes certain leaders to rise to prominence. Uh, uh, we are a prominent seeking people through books, tapes, TVs, conferences, records, etc. This creates a divided people who hero worship. And if raw ambition is not crucified in these things, these people can end up competing with one another for the anointing that God wants to freely give everybody. Our nation, and especially most of the press, seems to love to build people up to knock them down. And we'd rather criticise each other's way of doing things than we would encourage them. 
The result is that the flow of life is stemmed and the blessing of God intended for our nation never reaches its full potential. Unfortunately, and very sadly and tragically, it can be like that in the church also. We love to categorise things in order to be able to dismiss them. Oh well, that is a this. If I were you, I'd be very careful. You know, some people are more interested in the potential destruction of another ministry than they are rejoicing over that person's obedience and surrender to God. The church behave like cannibals sometimes and eat themselves up. You know, a Pharisee is somebody who loves to throw dirt around. They threw sand into Abram's wells in Genesis 26. A modern-day Pharisee explains scriptures in the light of his own experience and not in the light of what God is doing. They can become offended about what the Holy Spirit does and miss the beauty of what the Lord wants to do and the blessing for them personally. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to heal us all especially of those hidden sins which motivate ungodly behaviour. But in order to defend their position, the Pharisee will contend with the move by couching their arguments in theological words which appear righteous and biblical. The great apostle John Wimber was fond of saying that the Holy Spirit often offends the mind in order to reveal the heart. Contention and strife has been an experience for many at a time of dryness. We found ourselves having to push through strife as the enemy has contended with us for the blessing. He has sent trouble on us and also used our own weaknesses against us. He has done everything he can to try to divert us. He's even sent accusation on us from the inside. Some Christians have been warned against us, as if all we wanted to do was to be deceived and to deceive others. Abuse of spiritual gifts is one quote. Is people getting healed up and falling more in love with Jesus an abuse of spiritual gifts? Why were the gifts given? The Bible tells us to build up the body of Christ. John Wimber, John Arnott, and uh, I've said this many times as well, that God is far more capable of leading us into truth than the enemy is of leading us into error. The enemy desperately wants to stop you from drinking any water that comes from the throne of God. And he wants to discourage anybody from having the courage to dig new wells. The Lord Jesus' prayer in John 17 and verse 20 says this, My prayer is not for them alone, meaning the original believers, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me. May they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me, and have loved me, even as you have, have loved me. You know, as uh, believers, if we allow ourselves to fight one another, we totally destroy our witness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only answer for a world that is suffering. Join me next week uh, when we continue talking about uh, the God of wells, God of laughter. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time with you. In the meantime, take care of yourselves 
and be kind to one another. And don't forget, this episode and all of the others in this series can be downloaded as a podcast from our website, www.folliesend.org.